What's up, party people? It's Tiffany. And I'm McKenna. Did you ever think after college graduation that you're going to move into a beautiful apartment overlooking the Manhattan skyline? Maybe killing it in your dream job? Or hanging out with your best friends at a local coffee shop? Possibly engaged to your hunky bow and basically just living it up? Us too. Did you then realize all too quickly that that wasn't true? Us too. So we wanted to highlight the normalcy of the day-to-day struggles and achievements of a post-grad life in an authentic and genuine way. We are sitting right in the trenches of trying to navigate what it looks like to experience vulnerability, create meaningful relationships, and ultimately live our best mature lives. Here is the Mature Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Mature Podcast. I'm McKenna. I'm Tiffany. So today we are talking about self-awareness and what that means to us. Ooh. (laughs) I feel like every time we announce what we're going to do, I always get like a little nervous. Yeah. Because I'm like, ooh, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what you're going to say. Y'all don't know what we're going to say. It's a little bit of a roulette, gamble, risk-taking... Talking about self-awareness. And hopefully you learn something. Hopefully something resonates with you. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the okay, this topic that we're doing, I feel as if a lot of people are asking the question, how do I become self-aware? Or am I self-aware? And they're trying yeah. to figure out like where to find that voice of reason or some voice of authority to tell mm-hmm. them, like, hey, maybe you're doing it right, or maybe you're not doing it right. Right. We in no way are going to tell you if you are are or are not doing it right. I am not an expert. But... I'm judgmental, but not an expert. (laughs) But we're going to hopefully tell you guys a little something about how we process information. Hopefully it resonates with you guys. Yeah, for sure. So um, I feel like maybe we should explain like how this even got brought up. Yeah. So... Me and Tiff, like, in our friendship and even on the podcast for the past season, a lot of people we've gotten, like, messages from or they've talked to us in person about how me and Tiff are kind of, like, very self-reflective in the way that we think and the way that we even talk, I would say. Yeah. Um, On and off the podcast. Like, a lot of my friends have always told me that, like, oh, like, McKenna, you're so self-aware. A lot of my family members have told me, like, wow, you're, like, so mature for your age and... Um, you know, you just think about things that a lot of people probably don't. And, you know, aside from like the compliment, I think to get to the root of that is to say like, you're really self-aware. Yeah. I feel like that's usually like the general consensus. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I feel like even when I meet new people and I just like tell them a little about myself or what I'm passionate about, um, they kind of say the same thing. Like, wow, you're like, you're only this age, like, mm-hmm. and you're so reflective and you speak in such a way where you really you know yourself and you're confident what you're saying right which says a lot and i think mm-hmm. that especially when you meet random people and just strangers that they can immediately see that that's yeah. reflective and it shows a lot about like my, myself and just whoever is speaking you know yeah and i think what it is really good to know is that neither of us take that as like a, oh i'm a <clears throat> high horse type of gal you yeah. know like i'm no. about to look way more you know um 
upon others I don't know but to me it's just been like a really high compliment that I really take to heart and really savor in a way because I think it's really cool for other people even like specifically I would say my peers to acknowledge that and say like wow that's something that I really like want in my life and for me to just be like yeah well you know like I'm still learning and I think that says a lot about even our podcast is knowing that we're self-aware self-reflective all those things but still being like hey (laughs) we're still learning we're still self-reflecting I think it also just helps when someone tells you that like oh all the painful reflecting is worth it you guys (laughs) it's it, it, it reflects in the way you speak and the way you present yourself so it's good to know that it's not going to waste yeah for sure so um I think to dive in to explain like what self-awareness is because a lot of people may not know um so the like whole idea of self-awareness is actually a part of having a high EQ which if you don't know um uh EQ is emotional um and no am I losing it emotional intelligence let me look at my notes yeah it's emotional intelligence um so there's five components of having a high eq um which includes self-awareness self-reflection motivation empathy and social skills um i would say that each of us have those (laughs) yeah each of them yeah Yeah. i feel like some a little bit more than others yeah for sure so actually i while like researching all of this, because we want to make sure that you guys are like informed about this and we're not just like making it up. Out of our butts, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I almost said that. Um, we wanted to like research. So I actually found a EQ test and I took it myself and then I also told Tiff to take it. And so we were talking about like what our scores were. Which I feel we're inclined to tell, even though I'm Mines not. were not as high as I thought they were, but they're like decent. My my test results said they were terrific. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah, so I think we kind of leveled out about the same. So um we're gonna focus specifically on self-awareness. If you guys like this episode and you want us to do more of like about having a high EQ, we can totally do that. Yeah. But for today we're gonna talk more about self-awareness. So what was your score on self-awareness? Myself? Okay, so it's on a scale of 1 to 10, and I got a 7. So I yeah. got a C, which is basically failing as Asian. It's fine. I was like, why are you thinking of it as a grade? It's a grade. I failed. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think I also got a 7 on self-awareness, and then we also took it with other things. But I was like... I don't think I thought of it as a C per se. I mean, obviously having a seven out of 10 is still like on the higher scale. At yeah. least I wasn't at a two. Um, but yeah, I would agree. I thought I was It's just like funny because I'm like, oh, we're still in school, you know, like seven out of 10 still C, but we're done with school. Oh, honey. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, I think for me when seeing the seven, I got kind of like, I don't know, I thought... I thought for some reason I was going to get like an eight or higher. So when I saw a seven, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> we're normal. Which, That's fine. Which on the other side of it, like <clears throat> not to do like a comparison thing, but um, because we have like this idea that we're probably more self-aware than other people, I would say seven is a pretty decent number. It's a decent number. It's you fine. know, um, so what does that really mean? Like, what does a seven in our context mean to us? 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to read a little bit about the description under self-awareness. Okay. So it basically just says it's comprised of three competency, competency? I cannot say that word. What's that word? Competencies. Okay, I'll say that word. (laughs) It's fine. All right. It's emotional self-awareness where you're able to read and understand your emotions as well as recognize the impact on work performance relationships. Second one is accurate self-assessment. We're able to give realistic evaluation of your strengths and limitations. And third is self-confidence, where you have a positive and strong sense of one's self-worth. So that is wow, like... That's a lot. That is all en- encompassing into that category of self-awareness. Which, <clears throat> when seeing that and hearing that, I think it makes sense why I got a seven. Why? Because I think those are three like really heavy components to being self-aware and so it's like yeah I mean in all if you're thinking about it like scales and like one through ten or whatever you would have to have a 10 on each of those yeah that's fair. to be like to well, have it to have yeah. a 10 instead of a seven to be self-aware yeah so if you think about it it's like whoa that almost seems like impossible I'm not saying it isn't like I truly believe there are probably people out there who are tens tens and tens yeah and then you know fully encompassing a 10 as self-aware but also like I think it's okay to be at a seven. Like, that's almost, like, average and okay. Okay, yeah. I think for me, when I'm, like, when, like, when I'm reading it, I feel like the one where I probably fall, like, short on is um, probably, (laughs) um, probably emotional self-awareness for me personally. Hmm. Just because I think that there are a lot of times where, just because, like, with my personality and the way I function in the world, a lot of the times, like, even when I'm like in distress or I'm really upset, whatever, I try my best to continue to act as if I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense that I'm neglecting exactly how I'm feeling, which means I am not self-aware about my emotions sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like with one self-worth, of course, anyone has insecurities and I'm insecure. But for the most part, like I, I feel like I'm really lucky where I feel really loved and supported and... I know like that confidence comes and goes, but for the most part, it's like there. But it's just like the emotional self-awareness is probably mm-hmm. where I feel I fall short on. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably say I fall short. Even when you were reading them, I was like, okay, okay. And then it hit like <clears throat> being truly honest with yourself and not like almost faking yourself out, if yeah. you would say, where I think I get caught up in that a lot where I say like, oh yeah, like I'm being self-aware and like I'm being self-reflective and I'm like thinking about these things and I'll like sit in my room or like I'll sit in the shower or I'll like sit in my car and like just kind of have that alone time to like process and I'll come up with like a solution or how I fully have like thought I process things and I'll be like, okay, like this is how I feel about this situation and then something triggers me and you know two hours later I'm like oh my god I can't believe I would ever think that I thought that you know and so I think I go through like these um like final quote-unquote decisions of like how I feel about things but when they're fluctuating so much I'm not actually able to do that and I'm not able to look back and be like okay how do I feel about this situation and how do I contribute to it if am I um at fault here am I causing the problem 
And I think it's really easy for me to, because this is how I was for a while, like a really good long time before I became self-aware, truly, um, was I did a lot of blaming. Mm. And so it was so much easier for me to say like, oh, well, it's it's their fault that there's drama going on. It's their fault that I'm feeling this way. And to be honest, like, I'm just going to be real honest right here. You cannot blame anyone for how you feel. Yep. Like, to be very honest, and it's going to be really hard because, um, like, for example, if someone cheats on you, you would be like, oh, well, it's their fault that I feel, like, sad or I feel angry or I feel upset. But if we're really looking at it, it's not – it's their action, yes, that yeah, is Yeah, you're causing, not to blame. Yeah, it's yeah, it's their action that was crappy and was really – excuse my language – shitty to do. Yeah. But at the same time, you have control of how you feel about things and how you process things. And they are not to blame for the way that you react to something. Okay, so how do you think you, like, what did that process look like from transitioning from, like, okay, blaming others to, like, I need to become more self-aware? To be honest, I think it was realizing that my um, my results that I wanted were not coming out the way that I wanted. Okay. So, say I wanted, like, all of my friends to be friends again. Like, there was no harmony, and I was the one to blame. It was realizing that when I put all the blame on everyone else were for my feelings of saying, oh, well, you know, you did this, you did this, um, you hurt me, um, and just expecting <clears throat> everything to be fine. Like, my end goal was for everyone to still feel like they could hang out together and blah, blah, blah. Say that was my goal. And then it wasn't happening because they were all still mad at me for what I did. But I was so focused on blaming everyone else that my end goal wasn't working. And I was like, I had no other option but to look inside myself and say, okay, how am I contributing to this? What did I do wrong? Like, how am I the one to blame here? And truly being honest with myself instead of focusing so much on what everyone else was doing that I had to look within myself and be like, okay, McKenna, you have flaws. Yeah. You, you effed up. You hurt someone. You did this. And it sucks because no one wants to feel crappy about, no one wants to do that. And so it's almost a mixture of, you know, having that insight, but also taking accountability. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And I'm not saying that it was an overnight transition. It still is really hard for me to swallow that because when I was growing up, like people told, like I never had drama, like I never dealt with all of that. Um, and so it's, I mean, it still takes me some time to realize like I'm at fault Yeah. and like, I need to own up to it and not everyone is going to be so forgiving. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like what self-awareness is about. It's just really taking a big, big like step in into looking at yourself mm-hmm. and just realizing that sometimes you're at fault. Sometimes mm-hmm. you suck. Yeah. Sometimes you're not the best at what you're trying to do. And I feel like that at that point, that is the only, only way for you to move forward to get to what you, where you actually want to be. Yeah. Where was that? Where would you say like one of 
maybe one or if you have a pinpoint moment like what was that for you I think I feel like the the process kind of started when I was in high school mm-hmm. um or even just like honestly I feel like even when I was like a, like even younger like I a lot of it was recognizing that the life and like the way I wanted things to be in my life I had it was up to me mm-hmm. and I feel like even even when I was a kid so I you know everyone has that story where they were like bullied as a kid but really like I was bullied when I was in fifth grade by a girl who was younger than me by the way crazy I was like this in fifth grade I was like really really chunky I was like I was a really chunky kid and so like you know kids when they're like younger they're just kind of they're kind of mean a little they're a hundred percent they're so mean and so I was like bullied Partially because, like, I was kind of dorky and I was a little chunky. It was just, like, a combination of all these things. And I was also really naive. I was, like, really, really mm-hmm. sheltered in the sense of, like, um, I just, like, never really had... And I feel like my parents just raised me in that way where, like, I just believed whatever everyone told me. Mm-hmm. And if someone, like, asked me to do something, I would, like, just willingly do it. And so the girl that had bullied me, she was younger than she was in fourth grade but she was like taller than me she was like super tall and I was like short right so she was just like bullying me and I remember after that year I was just like I am done like I am never going through this ever again and even like as a fifth grade going to sixth grade I was like I'm switching friend groups I'm not dealing with it and I just decided from there like from then on out I would have control whoever entered my life because in the very beginning when like when you're when I was like being bullied like I just I just stuck by because I was scared I wouldn't have any friends and so that's why I stuck with this group and she was one of the girls in the group and Mm -hmm. I thought like this is what friendship was like but she would like for like she would like do things to like make me like really sad she would like force me to or like just like bully me into like throwing like just something really small like throw away my lunch tray or else you can't hang out with us. Like, just something, like, yeah, I just remember. What? I remember being so pissed off. I'm like, this girl, she's in fourth grade and she's telling me what to do. And for me, like, I grew up in an Asian household, right? So for me, like, the hierarchy matters. I'm like, I'm older than this girl. Why is she telling me what to do? And so um, it's even, like, just stuff like that. So I remember, like, when I was in high school, it it translates that same concept of, like, you are in control of your own life you make the decisions for how you want things to work out. And so when I was in high school, I went through a really hard like stage in my life where I was just like really just depressed and I was just just sad all the time. And I just had a lot of like anxiety. And I remember coming home and just like, literally I never experienced what a panic attack was like. And I didn't even understand what it was when I was in high school. It wasn't until later I realized, okay, I was having panic attacks. So I would go home and I would just feel like so overwhelmed or just like lay in bed but I would feel like I was drowning mm-hmm. and I knew what drowning feels like because like I was a swimmer so I'm like I've drowned before you know <laughs> in some sense and I was like why do I feel like I'm in a pool like drowning but I'm like literally laying in my bed right. and it wasn't until I realized like I am con- in control of how I feel mm-hmm. and that is up to me is literally only me. There's no one else. My mom's not going to come in and make me feel better. My friends aren't going to come and rescue me. Like me sitting on my bed having a panic, panic attack, I am in control, even if I'm having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And so I think that process of becoming self-aware is taking that step back of like, okay, maybe it's not 
like it's not on anyone else but me and literally only I can change how I feel and only I can make the life and make decisions for what I want my life to look like mm. yeah wow so it's just like yeah I feel like a follow-up question would be because you kind of took it upon yourself was it hard to on the other side like let other people rescue you and like call you out for stuff if you weren't already doing it I think that for me it almost didn't matter what anyone else said because I was probably saying harsher things to myself Mm. like there's nothing you could say to me that I probably have not said something just as bad or even worse but not on like a like tearing down but I mean like being self-aware like if if you were like in control and like you were the one being self-reflective and like trying to figure that all out was it hard to then let other people kind of call you out on stuff so in the sense of oh if you hadn't recognized your own like wrongdoing or like what you were probably not doing right yeah was it harder to let that like voice in because you were like no like I'm not doing that because you hadn't personally gone through it yourself got it okay I think for me it's I think yes like Mm -hmm. it is hard for me to hear someone say what they need to say to me but I feel like because I'm so much harsher on myself Mm -hmm. that Whatever the person is saying, I it goes through a filter. It's not like it okay. immediately comes to me and I'm like, oh, they're right. Like, Got it. I'm able to kind of build a filter. Of like, okay, is what they're saying to me, um, like, justified? Yes. Like, or is that is that on them? Mm-hmm. Or is it really me? And because I had built that filter, I think it makes it easier for me to be like, oh, what you're saying is not on mm-hmm. me. Like, for example... I feel like when, like, growing up always, I always heard some people tell me, like, oh, you're, you're really intimidating. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I was always so, like, so upset. I'm like, how dare you think of me as not this personable person <laughs> who is, like, friendly and, like, you know, just so um, welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I would always just take that as an insult. I'd be so offended when anyone said that to me. Mm-hmm. But um, my senior year of high school, I had a lot of friends that I eventually, like, we became friends my senior year towards the end and they always told me like oh yeah when I met you like sophomore year like I always thought you were super intimidating <laughs> and I realized that like that is for a long time I, I took that and I was like oh my gosh that's on me I need to be more like approachable whatever mm-hmm. I need to change myself but really that filter I once I built that filter I was like oh wait that's on you like Mm-hmm. You saying that you think I'm in- intimidating is not on me. That's just you seeing me in that way. And mm-hmm. you're just projecting your insecurities onto me. Mm-hmm. It's not a reflection of who I am because I know I'm not intimidating. I think I could be intense, but I don't think I'm intimidating. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's a very good example of I allow other people to say what they need to say to me. But I also have a filter to decide and distinguish is there truth in what they're saying and if not then I don't I just drop it I don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about it I like love that because I think there's a lot of people who um if they're not self-aware they'll look to other people to kind of like help them with that which I think is also really great because becoming self-aware isn't going to happen overnight and you're going to need other people to like check in with like I would say that you're definitely one of the people I check in with um when it comes to like oh am I kind of processing this like you ask me a lot of great questions that make me self-reflect um but on the other side 
there's a lot of times where like you'll say something and I do the filter yeah and it doesn't just have to be people you don't know it can be people that know you really well yeah and ultimately like yes Tiff is like my best friend and knows me like fairly inside and out and how I process things but at the same time she's not me yeah and she and she doesn't determine like how I process things and how I feel about things and so it's knowing that balance I think is really important and I love the way that you explained the filter thing where you don't have to accept everything that everyone says and be like okay because otherwise you're just gonna spend your whole life like okay well how do I now make everyone else feel comfortable and it becomes less about you being self-reflective and how to change yourself for everyone else to feel comfortable yeah Okay, so would you say there was maybe like a story or an occurrence that happened where you felt you needed to be self-aware and maybe what that looks like for you? I feel like the moments that are necessary for us to become self-aware or like kind of push us to be self-aware are the moments where we mess up. Right? And we're like, we're Mm -hmm. we're like Mm -hmm. in the wrong and we're to blame. Yeah. I feel like process. It's a long process just because it's, I think the process of self-awareness to become self-aware is really painful because it just, (laughs) it takes a lot of like courage to, to be so sobering, honest with yourself and Mm -hmm. people around you and the situation you're in. Um, And I think it hurts because you don't want it to be the reality. Like you don't want to realize like you kind of suck. Or, like, you're not the best. Or you're not doing things um, that's getting you to your goal. Or whatever, you know? like You're the one to blame. Yeah, you don't want to be the one to be at fault. So, it it sucks, basically. And I think that, like, in my head, one of the situations where I feel really, really terrible about are the ones where I'm at fault. So, like, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. There was one time where I had a friend... And, um, basically I called, I ca- basically he was telling me a story and in this situation, he was dealing with, um, like a issue with his sister and the way he handled it was not the way I would have handled it. Mm-hmm. And because I'm the oldest, I, there are four of us in my family and I'm the oldest. I think when I was speaking into his life and I was, saying like kind of criticizing him about the way he was handling it I was coming from that place of like well I'm I know what's best because I'm the oldest like Mm -hmm. I'm an older sister Mm -hmm. and so when I kind of made a comment about the way he handled the situation he was like really offended which is fair like I'm not him it's not my sister Mm -hmm. why should I be criticizing or commenting on the way he's handling a situation with his own sibling Mm -hmm. and for me like I I felt really bad because it wasn't even until he said something that I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm in the wrong. Like when mm-hmm. I made that comment, when I criticized him for handling the situation with his sister, I was like, I'm right. Mm-hmm. Like I know better. I know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like I don't know what's best. Like I'm not her older sister. Like that's his younger sister. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so when he finally said something to me, he was basically like, I don't like, Basically, I don't like you to assume that I'm, like, a really bad brother. 
And I never meant it that way. I never meant that like he was a bad brother or yeah. whatever. But A plus B does not equal C. Yeah. But in his mind, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I was saying when I commented and criticized him. And so I had to take a step back of like, whoa, like I don't like, I was also not speaking from a place where like I was caring for him and like his situation and finding, mm -hmm. being empathetic in where he was coming from and assuming the best in him. I was assuming the worst in him. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, it's made me realize like, okay, like I really can't judge. I can't really say anything because I've messed up as being the bigger sister. Like I have three younger siblings. Like I'm bound up to mess up with one of their relationships right. in multiple situations. So um, when that whole, that whole situation went down, I literally felt so bad. I had to be in a posture of like humility to apologize. Mm. And that's never really fun. Like, it's not fun to just realize, like, you're in the wrong and you have to apologize. And I think that for me, it it just made me realize that I can't comment on how anyone is being with their own relation with their own family members. Mm -hmm. And so ever since then, like, I'm really careful with how I speak to people's lives. And I think it's a lesson that I've learned moving forward. It's not just right. this one instant. And I just, like, dealt with it. And I just, like, continue to do this again. Like, it's a situation where... I realized I was wrong. I took what I learned from that and tried mm -hmm. to implement it in mm -hmm. like continuously. Right. Um, not to say I'm perfect at it. I feel like with anyone I really care about, I want to speak in their lives and let them know like I want to improve on like help them improve, but that doesn't necessarily mean like it's my place to say something all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think wow just like that was like really good two of the things that I got a lot out of that was one your posture in apologizing and acknowledging that you're in the wrong it's not at first it can definitely come as like it could easily have been like very defensive where it's like oh I'm not in the wrong like I know like what you said I know what's best for you yeah like I know what's best for her like I know all this stuff because I've been in that situation but realizing and I think part of being self-aware is knowing what your posture is in that situation it's being able to say like no like I am in the wrong and changing your posture instead of in my head it's like this defense like a huge wall being like almost brought down and being like okay like hands up like I'm sorry yeah um and then the last part that you were just talking about is acknowledging like what you took from the situation it doesn't stay there you know it's brought into every situation that you move forward through so if there is conflict you're like okay like I don't want to do the same thing I did before like I want to learn from it because ultimately you're gonna have I would say more likely than not you can't have any guarantees it's probably gonna turn out a lot better than it did before yeah and that's your end goal um I would say I I kind of have like a similar situation of um where I like felt I had to be self-aware but I didn't have any backlash so like all of it was on me so no one said like oh you're doing this wrong I just like felt in my being that I needed to take a look inside where I had a friend um and they I think everybody knows by now like I'm a very open book and like the way that I process my emotions and like just about my life like I'm just very splatter on the page like this is who I am I think it makes other people feel more comfortable so when other people don't do that I um 
like to pry them open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with that, I get really irritated if they don't. Mm. And so it's frustrating because in my head, like I've created this really safe space and I have been very vulnerable on my own end and I just like want people to because of that I think that they should be open as well um I think that's how I've like set up a lot of my friendships is like because I've done this like I want you to do this and when they don't (laughs) you're a little upset I'm just like a tiny bit upset so I um remember talking to my friend and she was having this conflict and I was getting really frustrated because I was like, okay, well, like asking her like all these really deep questions and I'm just like, okay, well, like how have you taken it upon yourself to process this? Like, what have you been doing? Like, have you talked to this person that you're having a conflict with? Have you um, figured out how you feel about it? You know, and I'm trying to ask her these pinpoint questions and she just kind of like sits there and like doesn't really respond. And I'm just like, okay, like maybe she's just processing it. The next time we meet up, same thing. Talks about this conflict that they have. And I ask her again. I ask her these pinpoint questions. Like, have you thought about this way? Have you talked to them? Have you done this? No. And I'm just like, <laughs> like raging. <laughs> but like inside I'm raging. Outside I'm just like, okay. Sitting there like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not super mad or anything. Um, but I think I just realized like, oh, like I would leave those conversations. I would go home and I would just like scream. Like I was so irritated and so frustrated because I'm like, why won't they open up? Like, why won't they just like do what I said? Because I know best and I think this would work out best. And if they could just see that, then it would be so much easier. The issue wasn't on her. The issue that I kept thinking about was like, why? And like, why am I like, I would literally like go to work irritated and I couldn't figure out why. And I was like, why am I feeling like this? Like, why every time do I um, go home feeling like debilitatingly irritated? Like, not just like, oh, like that was frustrating. Like roll it off your shoulder. Like I would let it manifest. Like I think a lot of my other friends that I would meet up knew that because I would just like talk about it. Yeah. And I would just get so heated up every time. And all my other friends were like, what the hell? Like, relax. <laughs> like, this isn't even your issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So with that came a lot of self-awareness. And the best way that I can explain how I got from like being super irritated to like being self-aware um, actually comes from this TED talk that I heard of. It's Um, by Tasha Yurik and the way that she explains how people almost like become self-aware or um, are self-aware is this idea that they stop asking why so in this situation why am I irritated and moving from why to what um, in the question of what that they can do and so for me like this is how I got to being self-aware and how I kind of resolved this conflict within myself where I stopped asking why am I irritated to what can I do to change how I'm feeling like how I'm being irritated like why am I getting frustrated that my friend won't take my advice why am I getting frustrated that she won't open up why am I getting blah blah blah, like fill in the blank for anything because there was a lot of issues (laughs) I stopped asking why and I started asking what 
can I do to support her in this? What can I do to, you know, almost give myself space from this situation? And from there, I stopped feeling irritated. And it was, it wasn't overnight, 100%. But I almost gave myself, I answered those questions for myself and really, really thought about it. I didn't just think like, oh, well, I'm just going to stop talking to my friend about this. I thought, okay, like I need to create boundaries about this situation where I said, look, like I really care about you and like I want to help you in this conflict, but I'm getting irritated because, you know, the, you keep talking about it, but you're not doing anything. So what can I do? Because I'm not you and I can't solve your conflict for you. What can I do to support you in this? And it was her, like, taking her own space. Like, obviously, I would have loved to, like, pry her open and be like, okay, what's underneath the hood? <laughs> but People don't work like that but sometimes. People, yeah, but people don't work. And she was like, I think I'm going to need some time to figure out what I need from you. And I was like, great. Great. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. And that almost, like, freed me up to stop feeling irritated. Yeah. Because I created that distance. I think it's interesting to, like, note that, in both situations and even the stories we we're kind of t- like talking about earlier of like going from like blaming to like now looking at yourselves and even with this situation of like why to what mm-hmm. it's kind of taking the lens of like okay before you were like what were you're blaming or looking at external factors you couldn't control mm-hmm. and then turning that inside and mm-hmm. looking at yourself yes and like you said like it freeze you mm-hmm. like the process of being becoming self-aware is painful mm-hmm. but it also ultimately takes you from the point of like man i'm kind of suffering right now like yes. i'm not enjoying this to okay now i get to have the space to recognize that i can be better do more xyz you know yes. what i mean and it's really interesting because that's kind of the common theme between all these stories yeah and I would also say, like, because, I mean, this is, like, a, just one other layer to it is I have tremendously, and I want to, like, emphasize, like, tremendously um, lessened my anxiety because of it. Because I kept saying, oh, I can't, like, why can't I control this? You know, it's like, why can't I, why can't they see this? Why can't, you know, and you can do your best, but ultimately, that's going to be a them thing and a them issue and a them problem. And you can only control what's within yourself. You can only control how you react to things. And like you said, like it frees us. No. So I think it's also cool too, because even if it's not a situation with, <clears throat> let's say like a friend or someone else, like let's say you're in a situation where you're like, I am... I don't know, probably like you're like you're just in a bad situation that doesn't include anyone else. Mm-hmm. That process and the the process of questioning, become more self-aware, it still works. Mm-hmm. It, it like this process and like asking from why why to what, it doesn't just include other people. Like if let's say, right, student debt. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a lot of like, or let's just say you have a lot of debt, like a lot of the questions. I feel like someone who would like wouldn't know what to do is like, why is this happening to me? Why can't I afford this? Why blah blah blah? But in reality, like you can ask, what can I do to make the situation better? Mm-hmm. And that shifts your posture of how to deal with this and handle the situation. And it doesn't include other people, but the process still works the same. Yeah. You can get from one goal 
from A to B asking the same in the same process. Yeah. Yeah. Self-reflection, I tell you. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, I don't know, like, <laughs> what your process looks like. But for me, like, it looks different every time. Like, yeah. with each situation. Even if I've been, you know, I've had conflicts or, you know, self-conflict um that I think about constantly and it will look different for me to think about it like I could literally be thinking about it at work I could be thinking about it in my car um a lot of it is just having I think when I think about it the most is when I'm alone because I don't have other things to distract me um that or if I see something like on social media that will like almost trigger it where I'm like oh like I you know I go down a probably a black rabbit hole of like things that you know come up but through that I'm able to like process and um I think we I don't know I guess I can't speak for you but I would say like going to therapy definitely helps helps. yeah um I feel like we said that like it helps like I mean we're gonna be advocates until probably the day I die of going to therapy because it does help me process like I feel like especially in the past month I've really done a lot of self-reflection of how I like either hurt other people without realizing it or how I try to control other people around me um and not in a manipulative way but in a way that I makes think you is, yeah you yeah, is right yeah like have me in the right and it's freed me up a lot to realize like I don't need to be that person and I don't want to be that person um so I would say that's step one is recognizing like what is going on wrong and like trying to pinpoint that um and then acknowledging like okay again like you said turning the lens inward and being like okay what's going on and then how do I how do I move forward with that yeah I think also the second part that's important that we kind of touch on a little bit but maybe Mm -hmm. we're not emphasizing as much and I want to Mm -hmm. is um the idea of like accountability of like you doing like the process of you becoming self-aware yes includes you asking really hard questions with yourself Mm -hmm. but also not doing in a way that's like really destructive yeah because it's really important for you to have that support and people who really know you mm-hmm. to be like, hey, this is, they can speak into your life and say, hey, maybe this is something you need to work on. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're any less. It's just something you need to work on. And they can help you in that process in a very like loving and supportive yeah. way and not in a very self-destructive way where you're like, I suck. And like, you just yeah. spiral down and yeah yeah but also like on that side as well there's always two sides to it um is if for me like I get super self-reflective and I get super like I'm the worst I'm doing this horribly like please forgive me blah 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 it's also having those same people who are you know keeping you accountable to also pour into you and being like no like it's okay like you're not doing this wrong like you are feel like you are loved you are cared for like you are a good person yeah you know you can there's a difference between like being a good person and like doing bad things yeah so yeah wow that was a lot better of a episode that I thought it was gonna be and I'm really excited about it and I'm excited for you guys to you know give feedback and um hear what you have to say about this yeah so we are so excited to be back for the second season if you guys love this episode please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and all the places you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Google Play. Google Play, Stitcher. Like, come on, guys. Um, yeah. And if you absolutely love it, please, please write a review for us. It 
helps us so much when you guys uh, leave a review to let other people know how you feel about us. And hopefully you can share this with someone who needs to be self-aware. True. The, I mean, honestly, the review could just be like, wow. Amazing. Great people. Great, people, great podcast. <laughs> I mean, best podcast I've ever heard. Very simple, you know. Very simple, you guys. All right. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.